After Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And you are listening to the EFL Fantasy Podcasts. Dan, Angus, how are you guys? Yeah, 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 I'm good. How are you, Angus? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. Ready to sort of get into it now. Yeah, so game week one has been and gone. The long-awaited start of the season. Um, some have had a good week. Some, like myself, have had a bad week. But I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm just happy that Championship football is back. Um, so we'll get straight into it because this may be a longer one because I feel like there's a lot of key talking points here that we've learned from game week one. So for the listeners, the rundown of it, we'll quickly go through our teams, how we did this week, and also the podcast team that we run together. Uh, we'll then go through the games. Um, once we've done that, we'll be doing no predictions for game week two um, because we have got a lot of Twitter questions that we'd like to get through and also the uncertainty of game week two yet the transfer window is still open so we're not going to do any predictions so we don't look stupid does that sound good? yeah sounds good right let's get into it then um, right we'll start with Dan how did you get on in game week one? yeah great game week for me uh, no away days uh, I scored 81 uh, captain Vyman 20 points Vice-captain Pookie, three points. Uh, I also had Fisher, six points. Isaiah Jones, 12. Time and one. Bree, 10. Aaron's, four. Johnson, three. Swift, eight. Pritchard, who came in for the injured O'Hare, three. And Victor Yokerez, 11. Uh, just in general, like... All of the 50-50s went for me this way, this week. So, Jones over Giles and going Vyman and Victor over the Swansea lads or Gordon. It, it just worked for me. And my other home player, Bree, uh, got 10 points as well. So, compared to the away days, I think I'm, I'm probably ahead of them as long as my I have a good away days. So, yeah. Pleased with game week one. Um, obviously, a, a couple of injury scares, but I'm I'm trying to roll if I can uh, get more information. Then maybe take a minus four in uh, game week three, but it all depends mainly on Pookie. Um, but yeah, happy to start with eighty-one points. Yeah, that's a top start, really, considering the score of the away days. Um... Don't get too ahead of yourself yet, though. You still got no, quite no. yours. So, but you know, if that goes well, by the time we get to game week fifteen and the boost reset, you could find yourself in a good position. Hopefully, Hopefully not. But uh, <laughs> we'll go to Angus <laughs> next. How did you get on? Yeah, so still a decent week for me, I'd say. Um, not quite as good as Dan's, but I got seventy. Um, so the main ones for me were Jones with twelve, Bree with ten. Uh, Swift with eight. I had Vyman vice-captain for 15. Uh, Pookie was my captain, which was a blank. Um, Little bits from like Fisher with six and Giles with five. Um, O'Hare obviously didn't play um, and it probably could have been a a little bit different, obviously, with Giles if if Watmore finishes his chance and uh, 
I had Obafemi, who uh, had the probably the most spectacular miss of the weekend. So uh, it could have been a little bit better, but in general, to start off with a seventy, um, particularly with the sort of scores that were going around on the away days, I think um, I feel well positioned. Obviously, as we've said, it then depends on how well I do on my away days, but comparatively. I feel quite well positioned at this point and pretty sort of pleased with, with how game week one went. Yeah, I, I'd be very happy with 70 this week um, considering everything. And considering the bad walk you've just mentioned there, those two misses, you know, those two go in, you're on such a better score. So I, I'd be happy with that, Angus. Um which will take us into my team, and I'd be happy with that because I only scored 52 points this week. Um, didn't go to plan, really. Um, keeper, I ended up changing to Johansson very late on Friday. It's one of them, I'm not going to say I was going to go someone else. I, I probably looked at every single goalkeeper in the league, so it was one of them. I went Johansson. I still got five points, so you know it's not the end of the world, but Timing with a one. I knew I shouldn't have gone with him. I told everyone Stoke were rubbish, but I still went there. Got the one point. Uh, Giannoulis, only the four points. Obviously, Norwich not doing that well at Coventry. Um, double Borough defence in Jones and Giles, so happy with the Jones goal. Um, like yourself, Angus, I was on the coach home from Millwall watching the game on my phone. And when Watmore missed that, I'm surprised the bus didn't crash. <laughs> I thought everybody was just settling down to go asleep, stuck in London traffic, and I am going mental at what more. Um, Swift, I got eight. James McLean come off my bench with six points for aware. Chair let me down with just a two. But then the ones that let me down was my strike force. I've got it completely wrong. Obviously, Captain Pookie, like the majority of the game, vice Captain Perot for just three points. And then I went Godden. Instead of Victor, um, he had a big chance, but it wasn't to be, I'm afraid. So I'm sitting at 3.8k. I'd rather just put this game behind me. I'm not going to panic yet. You know, we're very early. I want to get more information before I start making minus 16s or minus 20s. Yeah. And uh, so let's leave my team now forget that and one last one the pod team so this is the team run by me Dan and Angus um, mostly Dan and Angus I, I'll have a bit of input and then I, I didn't make the final bit of selection did I, I didn't reply I was at work <laughs> so when I, when you sent the team through earlier on I was like oh we've got Campbell I didn't realise so Angus considering you're the admin of the team I'll let you run us through the pod team just for the audio listeners, um, just explain why we talk about the pod team. We are competing against the guys on Gaffer Podcast and also the Gaffer community that's run by, uh, I forgot his name, Tom. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so Tom. So he he's he kind of like does all the polls for the, the community. So yeah, we smashed them. And I'll let Angus tell you how. Uh, yeah, so we got 71. Um, there's there was probably a bit of crossover or a lot of crossover with our teams, which makes sense really. Um, so we had Fisher in goal for six. We had Jones and Bree. Um, we had Max Aarons and we had Tymon, um, Swift, Chair, and O'Hare in midfield, and then Campbell came in for O'Hare. 
Uh, we captained Pookie like everyone else, but we vice-captained Victor. Um, so obviously, uh, from my personal point of view, I thought I was going to get away with not having Victor, um, given how late his goal was. But uh, for the pod team, it was obviously good. And then we also had Piero there. So 71 points to start. Um, obviously, we, we beat uh, guys on Gaffer and the community team. Uh, guys on Gaffer played their away days as well, and we beat them. So uh, we're, uh, we're feeling pretty good about that contest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we, we've, we've got the first win on the board, which is the main thing, really. Yeah. First win of 46, Angus, that is. Exactly. Because we're going to beat him every single week, aren't we? Yeah. Um, that might come back and bite me when they beat <laughs> inevitably beat us one week. Um, but yeah, so that'll be a fun competition between the two podcasts. So we look forward to that. Shall we get into some games? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Right, okay. So we'll start at the Riverside then. Middlesbrough one, West Brom one, Angus. What were your key takes um from this game? Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. You know, we sort of knew what the lineups were gonna look like. Um, but there were a couple of things we weren't sure on um until it dropped. So I think the first thing was the exact composition of the back three for Middlesbrough. Um so we knew that Dyke Steele would play as right centre back. We knew Lenahan would play. But there was a bit up in the air, would it be Fry in the middle and Lenahan on the left? Or what ended up happening was Lenahan in the middle and Bowler on the left. So obviously that's two very forward-thinking centre-backs, um, which everyone will know from seeing Chris Wilder before with sort of overlapping centre-backs um, or you know occasionally the centre-backs playing in wide areas, that having players like that obviously helps that. Um Obviously, no Marcus Tavernier because um, I think they just accepted the bid at that point. Um, he's obviously now moved to Bournemouth in, since since the game was played. But uh, uh, so McGree took his place in midfield, and then the the surprise, I guess, was that uh, Chuba Akpom started up front as sort of forgotten man, um, along with Duncan Watmore. Uh, Marcus Fors, I think, had had one training session with the team, so uh, he wasn't going to come straight in. Um, on the other side, I think, you know, it was a bit more surprising, I think, when we saw the, particularly the attack of West Brom, uh, seeing Matt Phillips. I don't think any of us expected Matt Phillips when we were putting together the potential West Brom attacks, when it was like, you know, is it going to be like Dean Garner or out wide or Grant out wide with DK up top and it ended up being Matt Phillips out wide with Carl and Grant up top and both Dean Garner and DK on the bench. Um, the other slight surprise being Alex Mowat also being on the bench um, with Malumbi and Livermore being the sort of two more conservative midfielders and Swift obviously further forward. Um, in terms of the game itself, I thought it was a very enjoyable game. It was. It felt like a game of two halves, really. Uh, Middlesbrough came out sort of very strongly in the first half um, and looked to be playing well. And you sort of wondered, particularly we've talked about the Watmore miss, how they were only one up. And then West Brom came out sort of very sharp in the second half. Um, I think it was six minutes into the second half they scored, and it felt a little bit at times like Middlesbrough were were holding on a little bit or 
you know that that they'd happily take a point which you know for these two teams this will be one of the the toughest games they play this season in terms of the opposition you would think um particularly from West Brom's point of view going to Middlesbrough away that's probably one of the toughest fixtures you're going to have um I don't think either team will be too displeased to come away with the draw I know Wilder was the unhappier of the two managers about the draw which probably makes sense in the end but I don't think either of them will be sort of upset about it. Okay, Dan, your thoughts on it? I think, I think it, it was just interesting to see um, how well Giles played. I didn't have him, but every time he got the ball, it, it looked like he was going to create something. Obviously, we saw what he could do with Cardiff in in an in a worse team, but um, I was watching it and I was thinking um, he's going to create something or, or do something at any moment. So he's one who's definitely on the watch list. Obviously, I had Jones, so I was quite happy when <laughs> when I scored in like the eighth, tenth minute. Um, but I think the double up could definitely be on. Um going forward throughout the season. But I know you have the... Do you both have the double up? I do, yeah. Angus? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think that could be a, a good move. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, I'll tell you how I know Giles was really good on Saturday because my fiance is playing gaffer this season. Um, she's based her team on Twitter. So she's been stalking everybody's Twitter, seeing their giraffes, working who was popular, and chose the team based off that. So when she only had Giles playing in this game, so she's watching it on my phone, and she's like, which one's my player again? I was like, him on the left. How many times? Okay, and then she's watching this, and she's like, oh, my, God, my man's got it again. My man's got it again. And she's getting that excited. So you know he was good because... She, that's all she noticed um, was Giles. Um, quick question then for you regarding assets, because we're all trying to find our feet in the game at the moment. You know, we're, tr- we're all trying to pick the best assets. So um, a lot of us aren't there yet. I'll start with West Brom first. Did anybody like impress you in this game as in to put them on your watch list or consider buying them that early? Um, Dan, I'll come to you first. Uh, so I've got Swift. And Wallace is the is the guy I'd I'd want. I know it's going to be hard with the structure, especially with with Pookie up front and the um, expensive wing backs at the back. But I think at times a Wallace Swift double up could be very interesting. Yeah, just be difficult, like you said, because of the price points, isn't it? But yeah. what Wallace got? What three key passes? two shots on targets in this game and that's a way who we think is going to be one of the strongest sides yeah. in the league so um, yeah I've, I've added him to my watch list I don't know if I'll be able to get there anytime soon but I'll just see how we go going Angus your thoughts on West Brom assets uh, yeah I think the uh, I've got Swift I was glad I had Swift watching the game um, I think our yeah questions about whether Jed Wallace would still be able to sweep up the bonus at West Brom in the same way he did at 
Millwall seem to have been answered, at least from the first game. He came away from, from this one with top bonus. So um, that seems to be the early indication. Against there. Middlesbrough's two wing-backs as well. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, so uh, so he's, think he's what's very much going to be interesting. I think what's going to be interesting to watch with him over the next couple of weeks, especially like two to three game weeks, is obviously we've, you mentioned Matt Phillips played on the left. Grant played through the middle up front instead of DK, and then Mowat was obviously on the bench. Do you think Swift and Wallace are safe in that right and centre attacking midfield role? And then that's where the rotation will be over on the left hand side. We know Dean Garner came on. He looks like he looks a lot better than he did last season already, and I've heard yeah. good things from preseason. And obviously, Grant can play over there on the left. So if DK is playing through the middle, um, do you think those two will be safe from rotation? I mean, or I with the five subs, safe, you know, safe. liable to be subbed off frequently? Um, I wouldn't say safe, safer, but uh, I think you know they're the two main ones. Uh, you look at the attack, they were the two best performers as well, um, which will count for a lot. But, you know, we saw last season where after he came in um, that under Steve Bruce, it's not necessarily going to be the best attacking players play. Um, you know, the amount of times we saw Adam Reach, uh, for example, but uh, we'll we'll see. But I would say they're probably the safest ones. Um, very quickly on West Brom before we go back to Middlesbrough. Um, Furlong and Townsend, did they impress you at all? You know, we had eye outs for them last season. I think I think for me personally, they're in the back four. And when you're comparing them to the Burnley guys, the the, um, the Middlesbrough guys, you throw in Bree, maybe Kamara from Watford... Uh, Aaron's. I just think there's too many um, better options. Not saying you won't pick them, maybe for like a park the bus or something like that, but I think there's too many better options. Okay, and then quickly on Middlesbrough then, we spoke about Giles and Jones. These two seem to be, you know, flavour of the week and deservingly. Um Dan, you're not on the double as it stands. You are Angus, like myself. If you weren't and you could and you could only choose one, who would you choose? And that's quite a difficult one, isn't it? Starting with the difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I ask, because really, I think both of them... This, I, this is, this is I like separate asking, them. You need both you know, of asking them. someone to pick their favourite child or something. <laughs> I, I could do that <laughs> quite easily, actually, Angus. <laughs> um, I'd probably still say Giles, because I think he was a little bit more... Obviously, Jones got the goal, and you saw some of the positions he was getting into. Um, but Giles was sort of... felt like on the ball more in the in the sort of, you know those positions to get across in or play a pass or, you know, that, that he's, you know, he, everyone sort of watched that game and was like, how has Giles only come away with five points? Um, for those watching the YouTube, uh, we should have mentioned, you'll see, we now have lovely graphics um, and we've got uh, Giles versus Jones. Um, and I think the thing, you know, it's not necessarily the most valuable thing, 
but like you know he he had 14 crosses uh giles he created a big chance he had two key passes which it felt like much more um where jones like he got the goal and he had a couple of shots but he only had the one key pass so it, so it sort of felt like you know you watch him and you can see the threat is there and that there will be returns but it feels like if you had to go one to me it's still giles okay um and one last thing on middlesbrough then so obviously that's two out of three slots taken middlesbrough um we knew they were going to be bringing in a forward they have now, like you said, Force. He only trained once. He ended up coming on, so he's likely to put up front. Is he an option or any of the attacking players, or would you wait to see if they bring anybody else in? Um, I'm on McGree. Yes, you um, are, actually, yeah. So I'm already on the triple up, which might have been a bad idea. Um, Force's numbers, last time he was in the championship, Last time he was properly in the championship, I'll exclude the whole spell last season. When he was down with Brentford, uh, his numbers were very good. Um, and so I think the hope is that that he could be a real sort of goal scorer for them this season. And if he translates that at all, then at eight million, he'll be he'll be a great option for people. Um, they're looking they they are aggressively looking at more forwards that it. You know, this won't be what they've got. They will sign someone. Um, so it depends whether you want to just go with fours or sort of wait and see what else they do um, and then make a decision. Okay. And Dan, you're just on the one, Middlesbrough. Is that right? Yeah. I don't feel comfortable with that, but I'm going to have to wait, wait a couple of game weeks, I think. Okay. Right. Let's move on to the next game then. And it was the opener Friday night. Huddersfield, nil, Burnley one. Dan, your takes from a gaffer point of view on this one? Yeah, so I'll start with the lineups. Uh, Huddersfield played none of their new signings. Um, Ruffles, the left back at 4.5 million, did start. Um, for Burnley, Matson was left back. Uh, they moved Charlie Taylor into centre back, which, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, they played a youngster, Costello. I think that's how you say it. Um, he sort of played on the wing. It was it was quite a fluid formation um, that made Twine benched, which was that was like the the massive news on Friday night, weren't it? Yeah, they paid four million for Twine, and then he's on the bench, especially um, for those away days. Yeah, and um, Ashley Barnes started up front. Um, Matson scored the goal. Um, assist Barnes. He basically tripped over the ball. Um, <laughs> Roberts missed a big chance, probably an easier chance than Madsen, even though he wasn't getting quite as far forward. He still did have probably the biggest chance of the match. Uh, second half, Huddersfield got a bit better when Radonian, um, Teo Adjan came on. Um, Twine came on, hit the post. We were all on the chat because he scored so many free kicks. We were like, he's going to score here. He's going to score here. Uh, Be at the post. But um, yeah, 
the main thing about this match was just Madsen, weren't he? He was. We saw him at Coventry. We knew how attacking he was. We were wondering whether four at the back would stop and get him forward. He didn't. <laughs> he just bombed up and down the wing all night. Uh, six key passes, which is basically ridiculous. Ridiculous to the point where even if he didn't score, you're probably looking at top bonus. Um, I know a few people have already transferred him in. But... <laughs> I very knew he did. Oh, no. <laughs> like at full time. I had to stop myself. I was like, be sensible, be sensible. Yeah. They're but playing I... Luton, so don't worry about that. Lad. <laughs> he was very good. He I was think... good, though. He was frightening, weren't he? I think what Alex, you mentioned the system, it was very fluid because I still don't think I know what formation it was because there was times where Roberts was tucking in and it looked like a back three. Yeah. Um, but then there was other times when he was just gone. Yeah. So it was very fluid, which, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to watching more. Um, are you on any Burnley players at the moment, Dan? No, I was very adamant I wanted to wait the first three games and I, I would still do that. They've still got, uh, obviously, Lewin at home this week and then they I think they've got Watford <laughs> away. Um, but also there was the thing where they only played one game that wasn't behind closed doors, so no one knew what they were going to play anyway. So, obviously, Lewin's got the got the match now they can view it we'll see we'll see how how Burnley do um but I'll gladly take a point let's put it that way <laughs> I think. yeah Angus um yourself are you on any Burnley players at the moment uh I'm not and I'm not exactly thrilled about that yeah I know what you mean because I want to bring Matson in like straight away because having him in defense with Jones and Giles is just like oh put yes please but we have only seen him play once. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't see him in pre-season. That team could be completely different come the weekend. So, I want to see. I want to make sure Matson is locked in there because especially the Watford game with the pace of Saar on the right, you know, there's every chance they could go solid at the back and Taylor's there at left-back. So, I want to look out for stuff like that before I jump ship. I am aware, though, I could lose a lot of points this week coming? No, no, you won't. <laughs> um, so hopefully for once, um, Luton can do something for me. I'll, I'll be backing Luton in that aspect. Um, right, Matson aside, um, anybody else catch your eyes? Uh, Josh Brownhill. I thought he was very good, but if you look stat-wise, stats didn't look overly impressive, but I thought from the eye test... Yeah, he was, was. He picked up really good positions. Yeah, yeah, that's the and thing. He... Um, he looked almost like he was playing as a, a sort of ten, like as much as I could sort of discern what was going on. It looked close to a four-two-three-one with Brownhill as sort of the the ten. Um, and so it, there were times where he was sort of setting up chances, little sort of passes, link-up play, and everything. But I also think if he's in that sort of area in a team like that, there's there's a decent chance of returns. And the thing is, we're talking about that in this Burnley well. team. He's six million in gaffer. Yeah. And like Dan just said as well, on set pieces yeah. too. So yeah, he's on my watch list. But again, 
it's let's see how they line up and give it to, which makes it really hard to, you know, talk about right now because, you know, you want to bring these players in, but then, you know, you've got to be sensible. We're very early on in the season. We don't want to be bringing people in and then we've got to get them out because they're not nailed. You want as many nailed players as possible at the beginning, don't you? Yeah. Well, also, that was the reason for some of my picks in my team. That's why I went Jones over Giles, because I know what Jones was like in the Middlesbrough side. Obviously, we thought Giles would be good, but it's seeing them in the team. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm willing to wait three game weeks for Burnley, but I'm not overly happy about that, but I have to now, I think. Yeah, I'll be joining you. Uh, I'm again not happy, but I don't want to take the rest of this area on because otherwise, the only thing I'm going to do is walk myself into an overall. <laughs> so I'd rather if, just wait and see. If you, if you guys had Twine, what would you do with that with him? Oh, I'd Cole. wait. Yeah. yeah, he he was good when he came on. Um, I know uh, people have. I feel a bit mean piling on Dara Costello making his debut, but um, he didn't exactly put in the sort of performance that makes you think he's going to stick in the team. Uh, there were a couple of comments around about like in the about week before uh, the game that Twine might have had a, a sort of minor knock, so that might have also been why he didn't start. Um, it seemed that he was over it, but if that's the reason why, if that's just the reason why, then the people who have Twine will be quite happy to have him going forward. I think it'd be quite stupid to sell him as well before game week two because we saw how good they were. And if he goes into that side, then it could be brilliant. Obviously, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't start, that's two weeks in a row, then you've probably got a decision to make, haven't you, then? And I wouldn't like to be making that decision this early. Um, especially if people have got like Aware and Pookie. Obviously, we're waiting on news on them. We don't know nothing concrete yet. So, yeah, I'd probably hold. Um, anything on Oldersfield before we move on? They were very poor first half, but I thought they, they, they were better. Second half, they showed a bit of passion, but there's no one there for me. So, not, not in the immediate term for Gaffer. Uh, Dan mentioned it. They were much better when both Rodoni and Andrin came on. Andrin in particular gave them more drive, more ability. Like, you know, it's what you would expect from a guy you bring in on loan from Chelsea. Like, that's the sort of, you know, move you make to bring an extra bit of quality in that you otherwise might not have a loan move from Chelsea. And uh, you could see the extra quality, um, but also the extra directness and the extra sort of, also the extra aggression, which you don't often, you don't always see from an attacking midfielder. You know, he was willing to come in and put himself about in a tackle as well, um, which I think is interesting um, and is the sort of thing that could lead to him earning minutes quite quickly as well. Um, But they they definitely looked better with those two on, but I I certainly wouldn't be looking in the short term at them. Okay, let's move on then. We'll go to Vickage Road. Um, Last night's game, Watford won, Sheffield United nil. Angus, talk us through this one. Yeah, so obviously uh, we knew more or less what what the system was going to be for Watford. You know, Rob Edwards bringing his 3-4-1-2. It's what they'd played all pre-season, even if the personnel had rotated. Um, And it felt 
it felt like that. You could argue a little bit over the front three, whether they were actually in a sort of one, two or a, whether it was a four, three, three or whatever. But um, the, the interesting thing that we sort of knew, but just seeing it play out was uh, Kamara was the right wing back and Semmer was the left wing back. Um, obviously, they've they brought in Mario Gaspar from Villarreal after Feminia left, and it also sounds like they're bringing in Ethan Laird on loan from Manchester United, um, which would see Kamara start at left wing back. Um, and then the front three, obviously, of Saar, Dennis and Joao Pedro is what everyone's talking about, really. Um, I thought it was quite telling what Rob Edwards said about Saar and Dennis, which was basically as long as they're here, we might as well play them. Um, which I think is a fair argument. Uh, particularly, you don't want to sort of sit them out, potentially hurt your prospects at the start of the season. Turns out one or both of them don't leave and you've had them sitting out, not getting hurt for nothing. Um, so I totally get that approach. But, you know, against a Sheffield United side that, yes, had some absences, that front three alone looked unplayable at times. Um, if they if they stick together, I mean, to be honest, if they if two out of the three are still there, including Joao Pedro, who I don't see going anywhere, they're going to be a real problem in attack. Um, it just depends what's going on behind them. Um, but yeah, they were really good. And I mean, the 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 goal, the one goal of the game. Even though they tried to mess up the counter attack, um, when it eventually got to Dennis, it showed sort of get get the counter attack going with Dennis, Saar, and Pedro. Um, Dennis feeding Saar, who then played it across to Pedro for a tap in. Like that's the sort of thing that could be happening on a on a fairly regular basis because there's only so much that some teams will be able to sit off them, particularly at a certain point. I mean that was from a set piece, and they went down the other end. Like. Um, so I think you know everyone's going to be watching them, but particularly with Sar and Dennis, the problem is you don't really want to buy them when essentially any day they could go. Um, on the other side, um, I felt a bit sorry for Sheffield United. They thought they had sort of a fully fit, fit set of defenders to pick from. Um, they discover that Ahmed Hodzic had a one-game ban that he was carrying over from previous. Um, I think it was two days before the game. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, no, no one had told them. <laughs> um, who else was it? Jack Robinson picked up a knock, I think, in the last training session. And uh, Chris Basham picked up a knock uh, late as well. So all of a sudden, they went from basically a fully available set of defenders to playing... You know, Kieran Clark and Reese Norrington Davis either side of John Egan, and that suddenly looks very different. Um, you know, Norwood and Fleck in midfield, uh, that might be an issue. Uh, Baldock and Stevens with the wing backs, and then uh, Sanderberger off Jebison and Jai. So, obviously, the other interesting thing we knew and Jai would start, we knew Berger would start. The interesting thing was Jebison. I think we all assumed it was going to be Brewster. Um, I thought Jebison sort of worked hard and sort of, you know, did as about, about as good a job as he could have for most of the time he was on, sort of trying to make something of the the ball when it was sent upfield and everything. But at times it, it really wasn't going to work for him with, 
you know, when it's sort of punting the ball upfield and then Watford can recycle it. There's only so much you can do there. Um, they're obviously bringing more players in as it goes along. Um, Kadra came on uh, today. They've, they're, I don't think it's been confirmed yet. They're signing uh, McAtee, a young player from Man City on loan. Um, so I think, yeah, Watford, Watford are the headline from this though, aren't they? Particularly those attackers. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was very detailed, Angus. Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't think it was going to be that detailed when I started talking. <laughs> uh, right, Danny, let me just come to you briefly. Let's start with Sheffield United because obviously we want to talk about Watford. Um, regarding assets, obviously, I was tempted to take a point on Bruce today. I'm glad I didn't. But, you know, that was a surprise, Jebison. Any assets there? I know it's a hard game to really... Have a look um, at Sheffield United, but is there anyone in the pipeline for you, or are you thinking let's leave this no. for a while? Yeah, some, uh, Sheffield United are similar to Burnley and Watford. They have quite hard fixtures to start, so they've got uh, Millwall home game week two, and then away to Middlesbrough. So I'm I'm all wait and see until game fi- game week four at, at the earliest. Um, the only one I'd look at is NDI. I'm not interested in anyone else at the minute. Yeah. Angus, you interested in any of them? No. Straight answer like that. Yeah. No, either am I. I, I. There will be options there at some point. I just don't, at the moment, I just don't think there is there. Um, right. Everyone wants to talk about Watford. So let's talk about that. Um, it's hard to talk about them though because there's still four weeks after the window and in everything relies on that really because if that team stays together and they add back and Ethan Laird in they, they may be unstoppable because that front three is ridiculous Dennis last night just looked ridiculous he really did he was absolutely class um, but let's start from the back in Kamara impressive got your eyes on him yeah very much so um, I I like wanted to start with him actually um and it was just these early fixtures that made me sort of go elsewhere but he he'll very much be on the radar Dan one for you yeah similar for me uh, I've mentioned a few times that Edwards uh, Forest Green Rovers side there wing backs scored a lot of goals and got a lot of assists Kane Wilson who's now at Bristol City was was the main player. So uh, Kamara definitely on the watch list and probably whoever comes in at right wing back will also be on the list. Okay. Right, the front three. We need to talk about these. If they all stay, Joe Pedro, Danny Sansar, who who would you be looking at first? Yeah, it's a tough one though, isn't it? I'm going to say Saar. Okay. Why Saar over Danny or Pedro? So I, I really like Ishmael Saar and I think he could be really good, but it's also just the the balance of like where the other options are. Like I think I can go for him and take a, a slight sort of, you know, haircut in price on a, on a forward um, and still get a good option. 
So like whether it's down to someone like you know Ross Stewart or someone like that, and still have a good option where it's pro- it it feels sort of just off the top of my head slightly tougher to get the same sort of quality of option with a significant upgrade at forward, particularly if if you were still trying to keep Pookie as well. I know we'll come on to them, but um, that's sort of just off the top of my head, and I really like Ishmael Lassar, so it's it's easy for me to think yeah I'll buy him, whereas. Um, someone like Joao Pedro burned me the last time they were down, so uh, <laughs> I'm always less likely to buy him. Uh, what price is Joao Pedro? 9.5. Oh, 9.5, right, okay. Dan, which one of the three is for you? I'm going to say Dennis. I think he's the best player in the league. Do you think he scores? You know, he's... He's very greedy into which I like from a fantasy football point of view. But then I agree with B. I can't choose. I'm on the fence. I think that, Sar's that's I got hope me. one goes. I hope, I hope one goes. So, yeah. like, so it just makes the decision easier. Like I think the most likely one at this point in time to go is Emmanuel Dennis. If Dennis goes, it makes the choice much easier. Even though it weakens the attack somewhat, it makes the decision easier, I think. Yeah, I think I'd go Saar, but it's fair. I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if I had both. So <laughs> it's one of them ones. But then I feel like we're writing Joel Pedro off. Um, he's yeah. cheaper than the other two. He had a very, you know, he looked really good. That head that he had, I thought when as soon as he made contact with that, I thought great had it's in, and then obviously saved and then got his goal. Um, I think we spoiled for choice there, and it's going to be very interesting. Would any I know what the answer is going to be, so I don't really know why I'm asking, but are any of you tempted to go now on one of them? No, you're going to play safe, yeah. Play safe. I yeah. might go defender if, if I was Tomorrow. going early on one Tomorrow, of the attackers, yeah. it would be Pedro because he I think he's the most likely to stay, yeah. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Going sorrow, don't you? It'd be very <laughs> exciting, but I don't think you might, you might not get a game yet. from them. Like, no, exactly. like game week two, don't they not play till the Monday? You, yeah, you, West might, you might not even get a game from them. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Watford, then we're putting in the same boat as Burnley. Like, we're really interested, but let's just give it a week or two. Yeah. Like, settle down and let's just see where we're at, especially when this window closes. Right, okay. We spent quite a long time on them, but I think they were quite important talking points on them because. That's who everybody's looking at. The next set of five fixtures, um, we'll talk a bit about, but we'll get through a bit quicker than that one, okay? So, Dan, I'll come to you. Um, Sunday's game, Sunday started with a 1-1 draw at home to Coventry. Your thoughts from a gaffer point of view on this one? Yeah, so I'll I'll quickly run through the lineups. Uh, Sunderland, uh, they actually played uh, uh, three at the back with Lyndon Gooch and Jack Clark as wing-back. Um, because of that, that meant Roberts was benched, which really surprised me. Um, I thought he would start. And then um, Hume, the 4.0 defender who we thought might have a chance of playing what didn't, he was on the bench. Uh, for Coventry, uh, the big news that broke, I think it was the morning or the night before, was that O'Hare has got injured in training. Um Eccles played at right wing back 
over Dabo for some reason. I'm not quite sure. And Gordon did start up uh, up front with um, Victor. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent game. Uh, Clark scored the goal. Assist Gooch. Uh, the keeper was a nightmare, though. He committed himself and was nowhere near the goal. Um for, Victor, uh, for Coventry's goal, Victor just went on a mazy run and slotted it bottom corner. Um, unfortunately for you, uh, Jamie Godden missed two big chances in this match, which on another day, that's the 50-50 call that goes your way. See, I missed this, Dan, because um, look, when I had um, a cricket game, so I was yeah. in Manchester with her, and I, I'd recorded it, and I said I wasn't going to look at anything. So I could watch yeah. it when I got in. Um, but then I found myself just reading the group chat, <laughs> what oh, was right. going on. So I knew Garden had missed a few big chances, which just got in, obviously, as yeah. I went in over Victor. But that's the price you pay when you take a bit of a gamble, isn't it? But uh, the one player that really stood out for me during this game was Clark. Um, he, he broke onto the scene with Leeds and he got that big money move to to Spurs and then just never got anywhere near the first team really and he's had a couple of loans out I think he went to Stoke and struggled didn't he um, yeah he, he I don't think he was ready for it at that point yeah and then he went down to League One and done quite well um, he was excellent in the uh, the playoffs and um, he looked really confident today just gliding uh, gliding past players um he obviously scored, had two key passes, two shots on target, uh, two successful dribbles, just a lot of things that do well for the bonus in Gaffer. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about Clark. Um, I'm going to surmise what we'll start with Sundan then. Um, any Gaffer assets there that you're looking at? Um, I think we talked before the season about Pritchard and Roberts in particular, we also mentioned Clark, but those two, I thought, obviously Roberts was was uh, left on the bench from the start, but I thought Pritchard looked very good. I mean, Clark got the goal, but I did think Pritchard looked very good, and he's sort of on the radar now as well. Okay. Um, and Dan, he was, he was on your radar from Sundunds, so obviously you're so, impressed with Clark. Yeah, I was impressed with Clark. Um, I've got Pritchard, so... I probably won't double up on them. Uh, Pritchard is just involved with everything on set pieces. Um, he done a great ball to a, a shot by Clark. And I think he's one of those good players where if he's like your fourth midfielder or third midfielder, even if you don't play him every week, I think he's going to tick up. He's going to tick over with points uh, here and there. So Pritchard's the main one who I've got, but also Clark joined the watch list. Okay. And Coventry, so when obviously the news broke out about O'Air, I literally thought, no, um, I was going to say <laughs> a weird there. <laughs> nonsense. Um, yeah, nonsense. We'll go with that one. I was like, he's definitely not injured. He's definitely travelling to Burnley for a medical or something. But it seems out he is injured. The extent of that we don't know yet, do we, Angus? Nope. So that's not ideal, especially as for someone who owns him. 
Um, so I will be waiting on news before I decide what to do with him. But regarding Coventry in general, those talks in pre-season of who's going to start and goal, will it be Wilson, will it be more? Um, Dan's mentioned Eccles played at right wing-back instead of Dabo. But Bidwell did start left wing-back. Um, and then obviously Godden and Victor up front. Did anyone put their hands up? Um you know, and make your watch list? Um, well, Victor was never far away. Um, I started without him, but he's never far away. Yeah. Um, Gordon, in theory, for the lesser value, uh, or the lesser price, sorry, could be value for the lesser price. Um, but the other one that, you know, I know I know a couple, I knew a few people went with, but uh, really put his hand up was Panzo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, got, obviously got the assist for the goal. He, he also hit the woodwork. Um, I, I wanted to put assist in inverted commas, but I'm being nice. Um, you know, he hit the woodwork as well. Uh, looked a very solid player in there. And I think, you know, he'll probably be nailed in there. And I think Coventry are going to be decent defensively as well. So um, he could be a very solid option, particularly if, you, if you're wanting to play five at the back, but you want sort of a five million defender in that sort of range, he could be a good option. Done. Yeah, I think Victor's the main one, isn't he? Um, I did debate about going Gordon, but in the end, I just went Victor just for the. It's just for minutes, really. Like as you see, a Gordon got subbed. Victor very rarely gets subbed. Um, although, as I said, on another day, Gordon scores and Victor doesn't score from what twenty yards out. So it's it's one of them, but. I'm happy with Victor. I sort of agree with Panzo. He's a centre-back when you've got so many attacking wing-backs. I'm not sure he'll be a great option. But, um, yeah, the, just a really weird performance for Coventry in the first half. And I do worry that they might struggle without O'Hare's creativity over a long period of time. But I'm on Victor... And and I'm going to keep him for a few more weeks, at least, I think. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next game then. Um, hopefully this one isn't as in-depth as that one. Um, Millwall 2, <laughs> Stoke 0. Angus, come to you. Your thoughts on this? Um, so, yeah, first up, I'd like to say uh, I'm feeling very good about uh, my prediction, which everyone has tried to uh, tell me I'm wrong about Millwall to get in the playoffs, because if they can beat a massive team like Stoke, then they're well on their way. Um, I don't think. I think it was interesting. People were wondering with their lineup about uh, how it was actually going to look. You know, we'd had some questions about whether it was going to be w- one attacking midfielder behind a front two or. Uh, two attacking midfielders behind a, a single striker. Um, you know, there was a little bit of arming and eyeing about who would be the back three, but I think Cresswell, Cooper and Murray Wallace uh, made sense. McNamara was left out of the team. That might have something to do with potential move to QPR. Um, so Leonard played wing back, Mitchell and Shackleton, um, Malone at left wing back, and it was Honeyman behind a Fobe and Bradshaw. Um so obviously the headline here is is Charlie Cresswell getting two goals, um, both from corners, uh, both wonderfully marked for those corners. Um, can't remember which one it was where there were two guys stood there watching him 
one of them was supposed to be marking him. Uh, but that two guys were just stood Mark there. And Will Moss. Yeah, just stood there watching him head it in. Um, the other one was a pretty good finish, actually, getting on the end of one and controlling the finish well to, to score. Um, but he had four shots in the game. I think they were all from corners. but um, And obviously 18 points. So, uh, so he's sort of the headline one. But I think the other one to highlight from this, um, and we can mention Honeyman, who, who was on a lot of the set pieces, um, but was Scott Malone, who obviously shared the, the set pieces. Um, they look like immediately like they're probably going to be pretty good defensively again um, in terms of clean sheets. So someone like him, who's a wing back, getting high on the, on the number of the set pieces, um, it's going to be a great option. He got an assist in this game. He had four key passes, 13 points. Um, you know, I mean, that that's he's, he's not going to do that well every week, but I think it was an indicator of what he's capable of and, again, why he's at that price. But that he may well be worth that price as the season goes along. If he wasn't 6.5, I'd have started with him because I did have him in. Um, but then I was like, I don't know why I do it. We, we, we probably make this mistake every single yeah. year. We're like, the price started because of good defensively, but when it comes to picking the squad for the new season, you're like, they're not that good. They're not that good. But then become the end of the season, you know, he'll be up there as one of the yeah. top point scorers. So, yeah, he was very good, to be fair, Malone. Um, obviously on some set pieces as well. Um, yeah, very good. Honeyman was good. I, I was impressed with Honeyman. He kind of floated. A bit disappointed we didn't see Fleming. You know, we've seen his numbers. We really want to see him, don't we? Just to see if he is that good. He came on and to be fair, at that point, the game was dead. Um, Stoke trying to make an attempt to gain back in the game. But we didn't succeed. And so, yeah, Fleming didn't really get to see a lot of. Creswell, I don't think I will get um, drawn into that. You know, he took his goals well. You know, the good goals. That be, they are his first ever goals, though. Um, I did hear a stat on. So, I'm not going to get carried away unless he does like a Sean Morrison or Aiden Flint from the other year and starts going off every week. But to wait and see. Um, your thoughts on Millwood, Dan? Pretty much... Um... What Angus has just said, they'll go under the radar again and then we'll regret not having them. But, um, yeah, I think the one I like is McNamara, but he didn't start and he's that 5.5 right wing back. So that's the question mark um, that you just can't go there at the minute. But Yeah, if he's likely to leave, you don't want to miss yeah. How much is Honeyman? Six. six million. Oh, six cheaper than a yeah. fourth. He's he's not a bad shout. You know, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna advise like to get him now, or I'm going to wait and just have a look at him. But you know, when you've got people like Baker or players like that, that similar value, Honeyman might be worth a shout. Um, anything else on them then before we move on to the next game? Um, I, I'm just gonna say something about Stoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, not going to linger on them for too long, um, but you know, people people are thinking of Dwight Gale. I saw he had made his way into a few teams. Um, oh really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, we've been warning people um, about Stoke and about the Stoke attack. Um, I just want to say, uh, I think it's grounds for Michael O'Neill to be sacked that Jacob Brown did not start the game. 
your best Absolutely forward from last agree. season and you leave him on the bench. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, so, uh, but And apparently you might be in for Liam Delap as well because apparently the issue is not having enough forwards. Now, we, Harry Kane could play up front and it wouldn't make a difference, Angus. Um, I suppose I better touch on Stoke briefly because, you know, a lot of people do have some of the assets. Timing, if you're on him at the moment, obviously you're going to be disappointed. Just hold for now and just, you know, we've got Blackpool at home on Saturday. So that will give us a better idea of where we are because despite losing 2-0, we didn't look like scoring. Um I said to you two, without sounding like Michael Owen, if they had scored two set pieces, it would have been nil-nil. Um, that would have been probably a fair result. They were slightly the better side, um, but they, they weren't great going forward. But Stoke, let's just see what Blackpool do. Um, Stoke obviously at home, so you, there's a chance of a clean sheet there, possibly. But attacking-wise, honestly, please leave it. Honestly, don't do it. Even Baker, you know, I was stupid enough to bring Baker in as like my fourth midfielder, despite saying you shouldn't do it. And I deeply regret that already. So, yeah, that's enough on Stoke because they don't warrant talking about it. Absolutely disgrace. Um, rather than one Swansea one, and I'll come to you, Dan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, rather than uh, put a couple of surprises in. Uh, Johansson did get the nodding goal. Um, Kyoso was benched. I was shocked annoying. with that. That is annoying because yeah. annoying. I thought he was going to be a playing right wing back, and he's my fifth defender. <laughs> yes, he's mine as well. So that was a bit annoying. <laughs> um, Benny played up front, five point five mid in the game. Uh, Swansea Manning was benched, and Latabodio played right wing back. Um, Abene scored um, from a long throw. I think the Swansea defender flicked it on and then yeah. Abene scored. Um, he also had another um, couple of chances. He had an overhead kick and in the second half he had a sort of a one-on-one where keeper saved it. Um, and Swansea, Darling scored from about 25 yards. Great goal. Yeah, by um, Grimes. And um, we've mentioned it, but Oberfemi's miss. Oh, my word. That's, yeah. That changes so many managers' game week. Piero assists. A lot of people went the double up as well. So you'd had a Piero assist and Oberfemi goal. Um, I watched the extended highlights on this, and, and Piero just shoots wherever. Like, I think he had five shots this game week. So I can see why he scores goals if he's just shooting from anywhere. Um, but yeah, the, the, the main player I've mentioned, I, I'd like to talk about uh, Ogbené. Yeah. Um, there was some rumours that he was actually being linked with Swansea and they were going to play him as a wing back. But um, Robin played him up front alongside Connor Washington and he caused them a lot of trouble. Um, as I mentioned, he, he had three shots on targets, obviously scored a goal, um, missed the big chance, two key passes, um, just had a, a couple of dribbles, just done really well on the bonus. And if he 
continues to play for I know it's unfashionable Rotherham side, but he's he's five point five and he's playing up front uh, against a side Swansea, who I think a lot of us think will be definitely top ten. So um, I think he's someone to have on the watch list. The fixtures aren't terrible either at the minute. Um, they've got Coventry away, then Reading at home, Preston away, QPR away. There's a lot of teams where last season they weren't defensively great, so wouldn't wouldn't um, let's just say he's on the watch list. So oh, 5.5 million yeah, playing up front. Playing up front. You know, he's a, that's a great fourth slash fifth midfielder. And he's then with yeah. like Baker sitting there on the yeah. bench. You know, to me, Depends what fires I've got put out in the, over the next okay. couple of weeks. You know, that's going to be high on my list to do, uh, especially if he carries on performing. But I don't want to overreact off one game. I can't I can't do it now. Let's just see if he does play up front again and if he can continue putting their numbers in. Um, from a Swansea point of view, Angus, I'll come to you just very quickly. I did notice Grimes got the assist for that. Um, if you call it assist, you know, sideways pass 25 yards out for a rocket. But he did make five key passes in the game. So, obviously, they are really good numbers, especially for bonus. Um, I'm not trying to say Grimes is a great asset by any means, but that's really impressive, especially from central midfield. But people want to talk about Joel Perot and Oberfemi, I guess. So, this is your chance. I mean, as an Oberfemi owner, do I have to? <laughs> oh, it's horrible that is. I, oh God, I'd have been fuming, honestly, Angus. I, I, mean, I saw, I saw people say Mr. Tappin, and I was like, "That's annoying." And then I saw on the highlights, I was like, oh. "Excuse me." <laughs> it was that bad, Angus. I wasn't even annoyed because it was Perot as my vice captain. Yeah. He would have got the assist. I, I was and... just like, you, you, you're always just like, it's so amazing that you're less annoyed about it. Because well, it doesn't you're even class as a shot. How he's done it. <laughs> so technically, he's had no shots in this game. Yeah, yeah because it went backwards. <laughs> so, um, Oberfemi, then, obviously, I know some people on the double up. Some went Oberfemi over Perot to save the million, isn't it? Yeah, 8.5, yeah. 7.5. Um, what would be your advice there, just from your thoughts from just the one game? Are you happy to stick with him? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy to say now, but on another day, he taps that goal in, everyone feels different, everything's rosy. Um, you know, he's getting in that position, um, which is the other big thing for me. Um, if you look at the average positions, um, he's clearly leading the line. Um, it's almost um, Patterson and Piero sort of with, you know, behind Obafemi. So that might be a slight concern for people on Piero, although it's not necessarily that different from what he was doing last season. But it's just like he won't be the sort of leading the line striker if that's what you were expecting. It doesn't matter, Angus. He shoots from everywhere. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, pass well, I normally. I think his shot number was low last year, so <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily bank on that. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't have too much concern. It's one game. Um you know. Okay. Anything else to add um, on Rotherham or Swansea before we move on? Um, if you really want to overreact to game week one, 
go and look at Ogbené's average position. Yeah. I don't think I've looked at that, Angus, and so I'm going to have to go back into that game. But he was basically um, going in. <laughs> yeah. I'll have me some of that. If you really want to overreact to one week, go and look at Ogbené's average position. Definitely going to move on, though, before I do just yeah. end up transferring him in now. You know what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> so... um, right, next game then. said Cardiff won, Norwich nil. So this wasn't the greatest of games, like I say. But I think from a talking point of view, it's more about Norwich losing because these were similar to Burnley and Watford. Obviously, they've come down. We're unsure. Once we have a look at them. And yeah, they disappointed, didn't they, Dan? No, Angus, I'm coming to you, Angus, aren't yeah. I? Yeah, so they were, they were very disappointing. Um, for those of you who like um, your XG... Um, I combi- love it. Combined between the two teams, this might be the lowest you see all season. Um, they combined the two teams for 0.35 XG. Um, <laughs> so if you, if yeah, you want to know what sort of game it was... <laughs> And then considering the the actual goal of the yeah. game wasn't an actual shot. No. Uh, There's no way that was a shot. No. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, that's a concern for Norwich, um, is the first thing to say. Uh, that level of chance creation. Um, for, again, for those of you looking at our lovely graphics, you'll see that I've chosen to highlight this with Timu Puki had 24 touches in the game, didn't have a key pass, and didn't have a shot, which shows also the sort of areas he's getting the ball. His probably most notable involvement was in at least one of the flashpoints and whether he is injured. Um, but, you know, the flip side of that is you look at sort of the, the the chances conceded or lack thereof, you know, will come to them, but it shows the strength of Norwich defensively um, and those assets defensively could be could be very good. Um, but going forward, you don't want to overreact to one game, but that could be a problem. Dan, your thoughts? Um, I was more interested in Cantwell playing. Um, He didn't really stand out too much, but he did get four key passes and was on some set pieces. Um, Like, I'm not saying I'm going to bring him in, but if he continues in the same position and he's on set pieces and Norwich get better, you think at 7.5, he becomes a really good option at some point this season. So what would be your advice for owners? Because a lot of people went with uh, Max Aarons. Um, some like myself went Giannoulis just to save the 0.5. There's Rashika owners out there. Obviously, 90% of the game's probably on Puki. Um, what would be your advice? You know, put that down to bad day at the office, ropey start. They've got a good run of fixtures coming. Keep faith and let's, let's see how they are in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that could change that really is is the Puki injury news. All the reporting seems to be that it was cramp. So that shouldn't be a problem um, for those who are stressing out about Puki. Hmm. Um other than that, I mean, like I say, the full the fullbacks you'd hope for more attacking returns, but they basically conceded nothing by way of chances all game. They've conceded to a pass, um, you know. 
they're probably going to be viable just from that viewpoint alone, the defenders. Um, but like you say, it's one week. Like, you know, I'm always wary of overreacting to one game, um, unless it's a Bene's average position, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't see too much reason to overreact um, at this point. Okay, and any anything on Cardiff? Anyone there yet? Or I think it's interesting um, that Colin's got uh, four bonus, the left back. Yeah, um, I think I think there might have been two or three actually that shared four bonus. Um, I think Sawyer's got it as well. I think Romeo was high on the bonus as well. Um, so the the full backs both being high on the bonus is potentially interesting actually. Um, Sawyer's you're not really looking at. I think he he did play a little bit further forward than you might expect uh, from what I saw, but he's not really an option. Um, maybe someone like Odalda, who technically gets an assist for assisting a missed hit pass, but um, at five point zero. But I'd I'd want a little bit more. But the fullbacks are certainly interesting. Okay. Anything else before we move on? No, I think so. Okay, next one then is Hull 2, Bristol City 1. Dan, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so um, the lineups quickly. Uh, Samanesh played left wing back. Um, he is a forward in the game. Uh, Smith and Ustapanan, it was up front. For Bristol City, Sykes played right wing back and Scott was the 10. Wilson was on the bench. I think he had little niggle running into going into the game week. Uh, Vyman scored the goal from a, a Viner assist. Um, and then Hull got a penalty, which, which was never a penalty. But <laughs> like, I think there was contact and Naismith can be quite rash, but you can't walk to the shops and then go, go down, <laughs> can you? It was so bad. Um Two fan scored the penalty and hit the post throughout the game. And then uh, Seri scored the winner with a, a massive deflection. So uh, it feels a bit harsh on Bristol City, this result, but they lost 2 1. Um, the main player I wanted to talk about was Seri. Um, not just his. De- his goal, but the fact that he got seven key passes in, in this game. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And similar to Madsen, if you're hitting that, that amount of key passes, you're basically going to get top bonus because how the bonus works. So I think Seri was going to get top bonus before he even scored the goal. Um, yeah, but let, let's be honest, he, he was a good, good player at Fulham and everyone thought he was going to go up to the Premier League. He's now still in the Championship um, and he's probably one of the better players in the Championship. So if if they can... If Hulk are as good as some people think they are, then Seri's going to be a, a key factor in in this team and... I think he was even on some some corners as well, so that just adds more chances for assists. And he's five point five. I'm not going to rush to him because their fixtures are terrible in three, four, and five. But from game week six, he's another one of these players that could be a fourth 
third or fourth midfield option. If he keeps putting them numbers in, yeah. seven key passes. In. Well, I'll be all over that one as well. <laughs> I'm going to have like a midfield of just like no key one more than six million. Yeah, everyone with the most key passes. Um, your thoughts on Hull Angus? Um, I think it's easy to sort of get carried away with some of these guys, but I mean, you know, at the same time. They've scored goals. I mean, the, the the interesting thing actually to me is Tufan being on penalties. Um, if, oh, that, yeah. if that holds, that's that's the interesting thing. Although the decision is diabolical. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he had a he had a sort of you know he stopped for a brew, then had a hop, skip, and a jump, and then went down. And uh, the referee was like, "Yeah, that looks like a penalty." <laughs> um. And then obviously the winner via a big deflection. Um, so I don't really know what to make of them when those are the goals you've scored, but they, they were good. Um, so they're another one I want to see more of because I'm still not sure how good Bristol City are defensively. So um I'd, I'd want to get a bit more sort of information before going to the, any of them anyway yeah talking to bristol city then obviously vyman got the goal you captured him dan um was it what we expected from bristol city you know were we expecting more were we expecting less uh, me personally it was just like when i saw the results uh before i'd even watched anything i was just like yeah probably sounds about right Bristol City lost 2-1, Vyman scored. It sounds about right. Would would I be harsh in saying that? I think um, going into this game week, I always felt like Hull and Bristol City could be like a ridiculous score. Um, And that was one of the reasons why I I went for Vyman captain over Puhi. I had him captain ever since the game week launch. I just thought like, this could be like a crazy three or something like that. It didn't get to that sort of level, but um, I, it probably should have been a draw, but just the penalty and a free home goal. I'm not sure if we learnt too much defensively, but um, I'm just happy that Vyman scored, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Angus, any final thoughts on this one? Um. No. No? Beautiful. Right. We're now getting into the last four games, which we have put um, in the bottom tier. So there isn't really many key talking points in terms of gaffer on these. So we'll get through these pretty much quick fire, really. So um, I'll come to you first, Angus. Um, basically, we'll do the teams. Is there anyone you're interested in? Yes or no? If yes, who? And then we'll move on, okay? Yeah. Um, right, so Angus Blackpool one, ready nil. Blackpool are resin assets. Um Bowler. Looked very oh, sharp. Okay. If he stays there, he, he looked he looked sort of right back to his best. So he could be a real option. Yes. When when I was looking at the stats on the way home, he didn't really stand out. But then when I watched um his contributions on the highlights. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Dan, any for you from either of these two teams? Uh, not really. Just a bowler, really. Um, 
just I know we're going for a quick fire, but it was interesting. Um, the Reading goalkeeper situation, I suppose that was quite a big talking point going into the game week. One, we did get the nod and goal. Um, quite annoying for myself. We went Buzani's as my subkeeper, but ideally, I do want to play in goalkeeper, so I need to keep an eye on that. Um, to see if I need to make that switch. Um, Dan, come to you first on this one. Blackpool 1, QPR nil. Any potential assets from either of these two sides? So, uh, Youngster Vale started up front. He's 5 million in the game. Um, they have since signed Sammy Smodic, so I'm not sure how that affects the lineup. Uh, Dak was on the bench as well, so he's probably a no go. Um, to be honest, there wasn't much here really. Travis scored a wonder goal. Um, yeah, I think I'm avoiding Blackburn at the minute, and the same with QPR, to be honest. Okay, cheers, Dan. Uh, before you go, Angus, could you explain to Dan what quickfire is? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> uh, any assets that you're looking at from either of these? Uh, no, I have chair and I'm worried about that as well. So, uh, well, I'm not worried, yes. but it's not a good start. Join the club, yeah. I'm hoping for a better game week two from chair, definitely. Um, Wigan nil, Preston nil, Angus. I mean, I think the only thing to talk about from this game is Chad Evans's red card. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I love how he was appealing. Like, he hasn't done anything. That Preston are appealing. They're not. No. <laughs> They're not. Never getting away with it. No. <laughs> they might well, add an extra game on. I don't know if they're going to appeal. I know they said after the game they would appeal it. Yeah, which, that might be right. They might get an extra game for taking the... Which, yeah. if anyone hasn't seen it, Ched Evans slides in, gets nowhere near the ball, and ends up putting his studs into, I think it's tilts, like midriff. Almost his chest. I um, thought he took it like straight in the head at first. Yeah, I did when I first saw like, it. It's it's a clear as day red card, but it's it's quite spectacular, really. Um, I, I'm not sure there was there was too much else from the game. Um, I think there were there Wigan had quite a lot of ch- quite a lot of chances, which uh, would have surprised some people. But that's about it, really. Dan, yourself. Uh, just Robbie Brady, four key passes. Yeah, I did see that. Fire. Yeah, thank you very much, Dan. And then the very last game, then worst of the lot, Luton nil, Birmingham nil. Your yep. thoughts on this, Dan? <laughs> Quick fire, remember before you go in a big essay about Luton. So just get James Bree, set and forget. There you go. Lovely. Uh, do you, Angus? Uh, love owning Bree. Ruddy in goal for Birmingham. Well, let's get some questions in then. Um, Right, I'll come to you one each. I'm not going to say quick fire because some might need a more detailed, but let's not take the mickey. It's 11 (laughs) o'clock, we're recording here. I'm getting tired. (laughs) So, um, Angus, I will. No, Dan, I'll come to you first. Um, Off my favourite name, should have been a baby. Um, who would you bench out of Bree and Kane Wilson? Kane Wilson. Um, 
brief answer why? Or I know I'd... just because Wilson's not guaranteed to start, and even though Luton are away to Burnley, if it's a lo- low scoring game, Bree will probably still get bonus anyway. Okay, um, second question is from AD Tor. I'm actually going to ask both of you this one. Um, what surprised you the most in the first game week? So I'll come to you first, Angus. Uh, Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we had an inclination they might be better, but the 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 sort of style and quality of football, I don't think we were we were quite prepared for. Completely agree, Dan. Just the lack of goals surprised me. Basically, it was low scoring. Once it was it was... low scoring. Sixteen what? was it? That was it, yeah, something like that. Yeah, not good for the opening weekend. Um, I'd probably go with Angus. Um, yeah, Burnley really Burnley. surprised me on Friday. Really impressed with him, especially in that first half. Um, FPL full of ham. With the performance of Matson, Roberts, Bree, Giles, Jones, etc. Is 5-2-3 the best formation? Um, Dan? I've, I think 4-3-3 will be. But I can understand why people will be play, wanting to play five at the back. But remember, we've had like a freaky low goal-scoring weekend to start off with. It's not always going to be like this, I don't think. Okay. And FPL full of ham has asked another question, so I'll come to you, Angus, with it. If they all stay, who is the most important to own out of Puki, Saar and Dennis? So we definitely know it's not Dennis. Puki or Saar for you? I'm I'm going to stick with Ishmael or Saar. Dan, very quickly. Puki. Puki, ooh. Um, also reclosed, Dan has asked, who said O'Air was best game week one pick? Quite that convenient that I come to you. <laughs> that was me. That was uh, my plan all along. <laughs> Please tell me you did you did own him, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, 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 owned him. Yeah, we've all got him. Um Angus Josh Jones has asked top three players you've got your eye on. Actually, I'll come to both of you on that ball, start with Angus. Top three. Um I'm gonna discount players that I think are gonna be sold. So I'm going to say okay. Matson. Um, Ogbene. Yeah. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> These are my two as well at the moment. Um, and I'm going to say Jed Wallace. Ooh. Done. Madsen, Jed Wallace and Campwell. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, Andy Teach Mode has asked, do we worry about Norwich? I'll come to you, Dan. We briefly just spoke about it, haven't we? I'm not not worried, but it's not ideal, is it? I think we want to see they've got Wigan at home. It's the fact they didn't create anything. That's the worry. Going into the season, we were worried about uh, no Brendia, and um, he was... He was the main reason Pookie scored all those goals. So it is a bit of a worry, but I'm also I'm also like no, it's just game week one, so I'm I'm not overreacting, let's put it that way. Okay. Um next question then. Um 
I'll, I'll answer this one because we've already discussed it. Daniel Richards has asked, how long is aware out for? And there's also Pookie out. So we don't know yet, do we, Angus? So we're kind of just waiting on news for this week. So I'm sure as soon as any news, one of us will tweet out, but more than likely come from the pod account. So just keep an eye on that on Twitter. Any news, we'll post out there, won't we? Um, and then, so this comes to you then, Angus, um, FPL flannel, what to do with OAR? Um, that's the tough one because I think a lot of it depends on on any injury update we do get. I find it hard to believe that we'll get nothing um, in terms of an indication before the weekend. Um, but I think, to be honest, if he's going to be out for anything more than sort of two weeks, two to three weeks, I'd probably be looking to move him on. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dan, Jordan has asked, why am I so bad at playing this game? He means, um, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, at this game week, it was a lot of 50-50 calls. We probably just got them wrong. Nicer answer than I'd have given him. I definitely wouldn't have said because he's crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm just joking, Jordan. Um, Dan's right. Tough first game week. You'll get there. Don't worry. Um, Angus, FPL underscore Aiden. Um, what do we do with Norwich assets? Presuming that, presuming what and that doesn't make sense. Presuming what and see, and it's too early to jump on bandwagons at Burnley because of how good they played. And base that, that doesn't make sense at all. If you read it as wait and see, it all makes sense. Ah, yes, it does, yeah. It <laughs> does make a lot of sense now, yeah. Sorry about that, FPL, Aiden. Well, I'm not I'm not no. sorry. You yeah. made the typo. Put questions correctly, especially for me. Yeah, um, yeah do you want to answer that question? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, if, if you thought a Norwich player was a good option before game week one, you'll be less sure about that now, but there's a reason you picked them and it wasn't for game week one. So, stick with it at least a little bit longer. And last question then, Dan, in from Finding Timo on Bunsen Werner. I like them names, actually. Um, for those who have saved their away day for game week six, how far out do you need to start using your free transfers to set your team up? Or is it play your wild card into it? Well, firstly, use the correct names for the boost, please. These aren't chips. It's an overall. Um, so that's your first warning finding Timo um, secondly Dan will answer the question for you yeah I think um, probably I don't know how close you are to an away days but I'd be I'd be starting to look look at trying to use my free transfers to get there probably straight away um, you should have set it, your team up to be like pretty close to it for, if it's only six game weeks. So I'd try not to use your overhaul. Okay. And that's a wrap on the questions other than one more. Um, guys, FPL Beard 86 is asked as Meslier or Raya? Uh, Raya. <laughs> um, yeah, Raya just because I don't like Leeds. Um, but please don't ask us FPL questions on this podcast, guys. Play a proper game, not FPL. That's my best advice to you. 
Um, right, that's a wrap on the question. I think that's a wrap for game week one. And this is how long have we been recording, Angus? Uh, that's a very good question. Don't uh, say now over an hour and a half. One hour and twenty-eight minutes. Right, we are going to wrap it up there. We've done well. Um, the rest of the podcast won't be this long. We do go around about an hour, don't we? Because you know there is a lot to talk about normally. But this week, with it being the first week, there was a lot to talk about. So. That all trimmed down over the next few weeks. Um, we're doing no predictions, like I said at the beginning of the pod, because obviously we haven't got a clue yet. We're still trying to see what's going on, really, with all the teams. So we won't do that. Um, but um, we will probably put some kind of tweet out if we can get the time, do a spaces maybe. Um, but I think that probably be best in a couple of weeks, once it's my personal yeah. opinion. And once we've got a clearer picture of what's going on. So thank you very much for listening, for watching, whatever you do. Um, I know I ask every week, but you're still not doing it. So if you are listening to this, we know how many have listened. Give us a retweet, give us a like, recommend us, subscribe. I don't know. Just do something. That would be appreciated, wouldn't it, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well. All of those and more. Yeah. Come on, up, guys, else. Come on. Good luck for game week two. I hope it goes badly and I have a good week because I need one. Um, yeah, thank you and good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.